I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast, where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Now, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AlwaysCriticPod. Today, Jessica, are you ready to go to space? I am so freaking ready. Like, I can't even believe it. Today, I can't believe this. yes, today we are talking about <sighs> the new James Gray film, Ad Astra, starring Brad Pitt, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, Ruth Nega, and Liv Tyler. Wow. Uh, IMD. IMDb synopsis. Maybe I should say that again. The IMDb synopsis. Astronaut Roy McBride undertakes a mission across an unforgiving solar system to uncover the truth about his missing father and his doomed expedition that now, 30 years later, threatens the universe. Now, the movie Ad Astra, the title, actually is Latin for To the Stars. Wow. Very good. Now, this movie... <laughs> what do you mean, oh, very good? Like, very went, good, wow. the, the wow. <laughs> so, this movie opened up to 19.2 million. Respectable opening, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it came in second place to a movie that I did not think would be first, and that was... What do you mean? Downton Abbey. <gasps> Downton Abbey no. had the number one opening this weekend, 33 well, how much million. $33 million? Yes, opening. I honestly... I guess hey, this is my it, ignorance on this one. I, I just, think that you underestimated it because yeah. so many people love that period drama. They're going to show out for that. And I, I underestimated. Yeah, I underestimated the fans of the show. Yeah, so. absolutely. So did I because I was like, ew, a Downton Abbey like movie. Right. But I mean, I've watched the equivalent thing in like Japanese shows do that. Where it's like they'll have a season or two and then they'll come out with like an almighty movie, like High School Musical 3 style. And then everyone shows out for it to see right. the characters like on the big screen. So to see Downton do it, I was like, oh, because it's not particularly interesting to me. I did catch a few episodes back in the day, but it never really clicked. Yeah. But I see the appeal. So I guess it's fine. I guess. But we're not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about Ad Astra. Uh, this movie was a little bit divisive. Yeah. Uh, not with critics. Critics, it got an 83% through Rotten Tomatoes, a solid score. Um, mm. But with audiences, 45%. Ooh, right like, down the middle. They're pretty spoiled. Probably even that. less than, than down the middle. Like yeah. People did not enjoy this movie. Even our own friend of the podcast, Daniel Romero, just like thought Man, it sucked. Man, he slaughtered so, it. He slaughtered it. He thought it sucked. Ugh. But- we are under uh, on the other side of that complete <laughs> argument because we are going to get into our ratings. Listen up, the ratings just came in for last month. We are number one. We just grabbed every key demographic. Yeah. Super duper. Yeah. Super duper. That's nice. Now, Letterboxd, the average score was 3.8. Yeah. Jessica, what did you give this movie and why? Um, well, how many stars do you think I gave it? I think you gave it a four. A four? Yeah, I think you gave it a four. Okay, I gave it a four and a half. Oh, wow. So did I. (laughs) What? So did I, yes. This is so, I mean, I don't know if you guys have been listening for a long time, but I never have given a four and a half. She is a tough grader. In the history of this show. I would not want her to be my professor. It is, she is a tough grader. I am so tough on movies, and I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I thought it was a it was a devout and deep character study, and I just ate that shit up. Ate it up. It is not a space action movie at all. No. In the way that other movies that we've seen before are. Um, it's about one man's journey, and in this case, I feel like the destination was just as important as each stage of the journey. Yeah. So it was just deep and it was real and I just loved it. I loved it to bits. I, oh man, I love this movie. (laughs) I gave it a 4.5 as well. I think that number one, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt 
it's an understated performance, but so much mm -hmm. of that performance, what he's doing, just lets you know everything you need to know about the character. Um, as a character, you know, he's like super calm under pressure. Mm -hmm. Like they even make a point of letting you know what his heart resting heart rate is. Mm -hmm. Like that's how calm he is. And as the movie progresses, you see uh, how, you know, how that gets affected. Yeah, how uh, think, he unravels a bit. Yeah. Uh, the world building in this movie, it, this movie is supposed to take place just a little bit in the future. It says mm -hmm. like in the near future. Near future. And there's a lot of things that we recognize as regular everyday things, but there's like little hints of stuff that, you know, some of the people that we know, like uh, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, like things that they are dreaming of mm -hmm. for the future for yeah. us we kind of see like glimpses or at least imagination of what it looks like yeah it was grounded in reality because we have all these grand visions of going to space and living in space and xenon girl the 21st century <laughs> but this movie kind of actualizes it in a really fascinating way um because he makes a very difficult long journey but parts of it seem very um, I don't want to say mediocre. That's the wrong word. It's no. um, like uh, nonchalant. Commonplace and nonchalant. Yeah, yeah, nonchalant. And it's like, well, it's not nonchalant, nonchalant now, but it could be in the near future where space travel is, you know. As common as getting on vir Virgin Airlines. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think this movie does a great job of that. I love so this movie does a lot of voiceover where yeah. the character is speaking yeah. I, you know, I to the audience. I wasn't going to like that. Like Neither did the I. The movie starts and he's talking and then you get the voiceover and I was like, oh, voiceover. Mm. And then it keeps going and I'm like, wow, this really works. I, I found it quite good because you need his internal dialogue. Otherwise, you're not going to get it. I think he's not talking very much much to other people right most of about the things, his feelings <laughs> right most of the things that he's dealing with are so internal that if there's no voiceover all you're doing is imagining guessing. Or, or guessing what's <laughs> yeah. going on with him because brad pitt again plays it like very he, close to the almost chest. like a robot mm -hmm. in in certain aspects of his life like everything that matters is being the ideal astronaut to him. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't have the voiceover, I, I, it would be open to interpretation how you think the character. I think feeling. that people were saying it was boring. Imagine it without the voiceover. That would be truly boring. It would be, it would truly move painful. at such a slow pace. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I think that a lot of the voiceover provided some really fantastic lines. Yeah. For that sure. we'll definitely talk about in spoilers when we get into the quotes uh is there anything that maybe you didn't quite like in the movie because we're both at a 4.5 so like it's really high but yeah. there's got to be something holding it back from making it a perfect score so like i'll go ahead and start off i think that the supporting cast feels a little underutilized we're, we have donald sutherland we have ruth nega uh randomly we have natasha leone from <laughs> Uh, Russian doll like <laughs> all these like people who yeah. we know as actors and we've seen them in plenty of stuff but they feel like they're not really used that much um yeah I don't really care okay I mean I that's really totally fair too much um Donald Sutherland is kind of like a it could oh be God. any number of people no 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 it's like a Morgan Freeman oh okay he's like a Morgan Freeman type where you just need a little bit of him at this point, a little sprinkle of him. Right. To kind I got of you. Make, make an impact. And then this, the second thing for me was the special effects. Good special effects, don't get me wrong, but it's not on par of some of the other space movies that we have seen within the past couple of years, uh, like Gravity and Interstellar. I, I see think. what you're saying. I can agree with that. Um, I thought that they were good, but again, we're not going for like a grand space epic here. This no. was kind of more subdued. Yeah, which yeah, absolutely. 
I, I was listening to an interview with the director, James Gray, and mm-hmm. he was talking about how he was trying as hard as he can to try to make it as realistic as possible, even though, you know, we don't know what it would be like to fly and to go out to Mars or to, you know, even yeah. deeper space. Mm-hmm. But like, did he gl- get the glare in the glass right? And and stuff like that. Like, it's painstaking yeah. stuff. Absolutely. So, it, you can see it, but again, yeah, because he wants to. Fa- he's fact checking himself. Yeah, he's fact checking himself. Is he's this not going to put something that's not? It wouldn't happen. Like logically, wouldn't happen. Right. Exactly. So, Based on the yeah. logic that we know we have. Uh-huh. Now, uh-huh. so let's go ahead and get into spoilers. The greatest trick, Houston. We have a problem. I am the father. I see. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? Now, I think starting off here, I think we can talk about this is what I want to bring up. Okay. The the most recent space movies we have seen recently, Mm. Interstellar, Gravity, First Man, even Ed Astro to a certain point are different than the type of space movies that we've seen in the past. Apollo 13, The Right Stuff. There's almost like a difference of those older movies are more hopeful, more triumphant, Mm. where these that I mentioned are more introspective and more about how tough it is to be in space or, you know, internalized problems of our main character. Right. I wonder why that is and... Is it because we were tired of seeing triumphant space? No, no, no. I, I actually, I can't remember what I was watching. Ugh, I can't remember what I was watching recently. That was some character was saying, that's the issue with your generation. You find it so, it's so narcissistic for you to just think about yourself and for you to think about your struggles and your mentality when previous generations were like, okay, I am struggling, but like, let's get on with this. I'm busy. Mm, I and I think that's definitely a part of a part of the reason why we're getting such introspective deep and personal space stories because i think there's a focus on the self now where there wasn't before there were more ensemble casts before dealing with historical space missions and and different things like that and now we're like well what about the psyche what about the person who's in the spaceship versus like the spaceship itself? Right. Because I can't imagine what it would be like to travel to space to first off. It's just a crazy thought that you're putting yourself into a machine that is <laughs> propelling you at God knows the amount of force <laughs> to take you out of the atmosphere and take you into space. Right. It takes a special type of person to do that. <laughs> right. Not anyone would do this. So to I see, think it's pure madness. Yeah. And I think there's something fascinating about that to think about the person who is under such immense pressure physically and mentally. And what are they bringing with them to space? Space right. is empty. There's, yeah. there's emptiness out there. Um, and that's something that is explored here. The concept of solitude. Yes. And I like that they go into a little more detail. Like, I I really loved how this movie was talking. The running theme of the psych check. Um, to have this psychiatric evaluation before you're going to go into space. And every time it's this consistent, like, benchmark that you have to pass and that's never been really a big part of any space movie ever. No, usually you will see them training at the beginning of the mm-hmm. movie, like make sure they're physically ready. Mm-hmm. But we never, like you said, we don't see the, the mental or the yeah. psycholog- psychological aspect of it. Uh, I really enjoyed that aspect in this movie, just seeing how he's almost like a robot, like I mentioned before, early on in the movie. Even in the main set piece at the very beginning of the movie where he's working out on the spaceship, like the giant antenna 
that is out from Earth all the way into the atmosphere. And when it starts to explode and he's falling, mm-hmm. even then he's still like calm. Yeah. Which is crazy. Well, that's what he says at the beginning is that he's calm and collected. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He says it in an opening voiceover monologue. Yeah. But it seems like a mantra, like a vow that he takes yeah. before he heads out for work. <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's weird and, and um, so telling that he says this in his very unattached, unemotional, monotone way. And that is good. That is what helps him pass these psych evaluations is being so efficient and unemotional and fearless under pressure. Um, That's why he's so good at what he does. And that's why his marriage imploded. (laughs) Um, All that matters is the mission. Because all that matters is the mission. He's compartmentalizing his entire life, not just his day-to-day missions and the job that he has at hand. Right. Now, this movie does dive into what brings him out of that state of just all about the mission and it's his basically his emotional type yeah it's daddy issues he has much. daddy issues and it's quite nice uh of an unraveling for him i think um because brad is so, first of all brad is so lovable and endearing as a person i think in this movie he is if that makes any sense even he's, when he's not uh, charismatic, he's not smiling, he's not um, funny in, in any way, but he still kind of makes up for it by being this person we can all relate to. He's walking through a crowded room of people and he's like, just don't touch me. <laughs> and I'm like, and he doesn't say it in a way that's like, just don't touch me, like in an attitude. He's saying it like, really, I am so tightly wound that you're going to make me like break if you touch me if you talk to me for any too long right and but we're seeing the the ties that he has to his father his estranged father who Mm -hmm. by the way was this amazing scientist at least at the beginning of the movie they say he's this amazing scientist that went out to space uh to be the head of this project called the lima project Mm -hmm. where basically it's trying to find intelligent life out there yeah and so they went all the way out to Neptune. They're able to travel out there. <laughs> yeah. And so it's played by Tommy Lee Jones. And he left and they assumed that he died. At least Brad Pitt assumed that he died. Mm-hmm, they uh, because they lost contact with the ship. Exactly. But then the circumstances of the movie, there are these force waves that are just coming yeah. and causing Electrical these sh- surges. Yes. That are causing that. And so they believe that his father's alive. Exactly. Yeah. That it's coming from the ship and the father's still alive. Mm-hmm. So we see, and the movie does a great job. Like I mentioned before, they, they check on his heart rate. And as his mission to go see his dad is unfolding, mm-hmm. his resting heart rate Raises is continue. Yeah. It's continually going up as he's going, getting closer to seeing, possibly mm-hmm. seeing his father. Yeah. Um, I think it was I a think great it's, performance. It was beautiful. And I think it's ironic that when his serene veneer finally cracks and he tells the truth to himself on his second transmission to his dad, um, that he's deemed unfit for the mission. That is. It, it's it's all about like telling the truth and letting yeah. go and being honest with yourself. A lot of self-reflection. And ironically, when he does that, he can't continue. Like, they're like, no, you're not fit. You're not fit to finish this mission. You're too emotional. Right. You're which, too human. <laughs> <laughs> which is such a crazy thought. Right. That they they want someone who is unattached. Mm-hmm. But when you get someone who has a relationship to the subject, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard it's to... It's biased. It's biased yeah. automatically. The fact that they made him no do it. What. He says, they're using me. <laughs> exactly and they were they absolutely were they totally so. were uh i definitely want to talk about a couple of the big moments that this movie has uh when they take off from earth to 
the moon because the <laughs> loon, you know, they go from the moon. They're going to shoot out from there. On a commercial flight. On a commercial flight. <laughs> that is the future that Elon Musk and Richard Branson are imagining. That we're going to go to the moon and we're going to have to, you know, live on it pretty much. Right. And we There's see a lunar colony. It's become commercialized. There's yeah, an there's Applebee's. A there's a subway. There. Yeah. And I think... It, Brad Pitt's character even says it in his voiceover. Yeah. Uh, this is the... I love this line. He says, we are world eaters. If my dad could see this now, he'd tear it all down. Because it's so sacrilegious to the really concept is. of space and um, the front, the final frontier and all of this, like, these beautiful celestial beings that we can't get enough of and want to study and want to get closer to you put a freaking subway on the freaking moon like <laughs> wow it's so sacrilegious and it's it really is so yeah <laughs> now another thing is i would say is <laughs> i called it a uh, mad max lunar road because <laughs> there's a transport it. involving brad pitt's character and apparently there are lunar pirates because the the moon has been colonized into different sections, but then there's mm-hmm. like open territories where people can come in and kind of charge at you and try to steal from you. And we get that in this in this movie. I think the sequence was really done very well mm-hmm. uh, to the point where there's even like tracks that people follow and they, they have them like named roads. Yeah. Yeah. The world building in this movie is very creative, building on top of what we currently know or understand. Every TED Talk that is ever. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it feels like. It feels like they took the TED Talks and is like, this is where we could build this movie from. (laughs) Um, What is the best moment in this movie? Because there's a few. Um, There's a few good moments. Um just let's toss a couple out there because I think uh, eventually they'll kind of tie into each other. I quite like the message to his father. When he's broadcasting yeah. it from Mars. Yeah. Yes. Um, he feels a lot of hope in that moment that is just written all over his face um, when he's in that yeah. quiet chamber. And it just was a beautiful, holy sort of moment. And it was very sad to me. Because he explicitly said before that he believes his father is dead, that the government is just trying to find a scapegoat for the power surge disaster. And then with presented with all of this evidence that his father could be alive, he just can't he can't help it and not stick to the script. He makes this desperate, heartfelt plea on the transmission. And I felt I felt like every person has had a moment where they've screamed out into the void as Pitt does in the movie hoping against logic for a response and I think that's what's so powerful about that scene is that he I don't think it's just a man trying to reach out to his father who he really didn't know and really wants to reconnect with I hope we can reconnect he says yeah he even says I think it goes beyond that. In that plea, he actually says, I just want to see you again. Yeah. And that goes completely against everything he's been saying up to that point. Right, because it was very dry, very um, (laughs) political. Um, You know, please, I'm, you know, whatever his title was and, you know, father. It was very, um, uh, what's the word? Cold. Yes. It was cold. cold. Yes. And uh, as soon as he livens up the broadcast, he gets very agitated. He can tell that they're hiding things from him. They don't share what he or if he responds back to the second transmission. And that's right after that is when he's deemed unfit for for service. Like he can't continue on the mission because he is so wrapped up in the hope that his father could be alive, that he could reconnect with him, that, you know, that I feel like that moment was really powerful just to see him because you were like, what the hell is he going to say? Like, 
you know? Right. His father could be a terrorist, and still he's <laughs> like, please, you know, I, I want to reconnect. I, I just want to see you. You know, very, it was so simple and heartfelt. And this is all taking place while he's on Mars, because what they're doing is... <laughs> right, because he goes to the moon on a commercial flight right. to then make it on a classified trip. Hey, well, his, his thing is classified, but he makes right. it on another research mission that goes to Mars. Does that make sense? Yes. Because those were researchers. Yeah, those were researchers. ship. And he was just the stowaway. Like just tag along. Or not yeah. tag along. And they basically they're... That's how they're able to get a message from Mars all the way to Neptune. Yeah, because they need a bigger, um, (laughs) they need a clear signal. And Mars is the last outpost that they can send a signal from that will make it all the way to Neptune. What I wanted to say about that is I found it very creative and I thought a lot of the visuals were very well done. When he's on Mars, there's a moment when he arrives and he's Mm. in the hallway (gasps) Oh and yes. Yes, yes, yes. The the scientist this comes. This club has everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And so it's lit up in red and then it starts going dark towards him and then you see his silhouette and Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful silhouette, beautiful shot. Um the those calm rooms, those therapy rooms. Yeah, the calming rooms, rooms, yeah. I thought were an interesting concept because it's kind of a it almost feels like a slap on band-aid way of trying to get someone to calm down after but the fact that they even have these calming rooms and that's meant for your mental stability right that's totally different that's completely different to how we operate now no yeah yeah we've never seen that the fact that space travel and going into deep space could elicit a negative mental reaction enough for you to set up like a bunch of these calming rooms for you to just sit your ass in and let nature you know kind of bring you back that i mean that's different that's awesome yeah and it, interesting it's beautifully done and again it speaks Shot to well. you know an importance on mental health today where i don't think there was such an emphasis on it Right. 20 years, 30 years ago, even. No. And it shows how far we've come in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, still more to be done, but it's, it's great to sh- at least see that James Gray and along with the other writers thought of this as a mm-hmm. something that has to be brought up. But I like the concept of those that get to explore space are not just the most physically fit and the most intelligent and whatever else they are the most mentally capable, the most mentally stable. And even though they are the most mentally capable, they still need a refuge. They still need a rest. They still need, they still need to, to, you know, deal with deep seated issues that they have, even if they're just putting it away. And he kind of makes that the motion too of just like, I set it aside. I don't think about it. I compartmentalize. Yeah. So now from Mars, he, well, actually, before he gets to Mars, actually, we get. It was an entire sequence. How can we not talk about it? Oh, yeah. This is a pretty crazy sequence that for a moment took me out. It took you out? For the movie, just momentarily. Okay. And it was, they are (laughs) traveling towards Mars from the moon and they get a distress call. They get a mayday from another ship. And as we all know from experiencing other movies in this space genre, you do not answer a mayday call from another ship and try and board that ship. It never right. ends well. Never ends well. Never. <laughs> so you have the captain of the ship that's going to Mars and then Brad Pitt's character. They go out to investigate it. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a research facility for plants and animals. Yeah, it was a and biomedical they, research right. vessel. So apparently uh, <laughs> things did not go well in there. I love the suspense, though, and the tension that they put in there because you're like, yes. okay, what is it going to be? Is it going to be an alien? Is it going to be blah, blah, blah? Is it going to be this? And what happened was 
there were some killer baboons on that <laughs> ship, and they took out all the researchers, and they ate up one dude, the captain of the ship that he was on, Brad Pitt. His um, he went to accompany that guy, and that guy got eaten. Yeah. For a moment, when I no saw the baboon, no one expects a freaking yeah. baboon. No one expected the baboon. Nobody is I expecting expect a killer monkey in space. No. And so that, for a moment, took me out of it for a second, until I realized, oh, they did say it was an animal research yeah. facility. Yeah. So something must have happened to the baboons. Did we ever get an explanation as to no. what happened to them? No, right? No, no, no. So I don't even it, think we see any other victims of the baboons. No. We don't, which is no. Weird. It was just like quiet and empty, and there were like you know things floating in zero gravity. And then he sees that dude like convulsing. He's convulsing at the end of like a passageway, and he's like, I don't know what his name was, Tom. He's like Tom, and he moves away this thing right in front of the camera. It's such good like framing. Yes. And then once he moves that away, you see that something's got him. And still, you don't see what that thing is because it's in front of him, and Brad Pitt is seeing him from behind. Mm. Oh my god! Horror movie. It's horrible. It's a yeah, horror, horror movie. movie. And then uh, that baboon like talk, like goes like that and peeks around the corner, and he's got like chunks and blood in his chompers, and it's. Ugh. I did like that when he brought the captain back. The captain died. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he had his arm like chewed off, and yeah. he was using um, duct tape to to tape his kind of like to tape helmet the shut. Helmet shut, yeah. Which is something that astronauts really do use. Yes, a lot. So that, I like that part too. But so when they Good. brought him back as a way of as a funeral type of thing, they mm-hmm. they actually send them out into space. They don't mm-hmm. keep them on board. They don't no, do no, no. They just you shoot them out. They but that's like, um, uh, like ships. Yeah. Uh, like actual, like, like actual nor- ships on the water. Ships on the water. They have a water funeral, whatever yeah. it's called. Exactly. Ocean, ocean funeral. Um, yeah, I quite like that too. And I thought, now that you mention it, they said like a verse or say, they said like a prayer. They did. Before they shot him out into space. And that's something else that's different is there's a small emphasis on religion in here. And that's not typical at all to have these scientific people right. being so into their faith. And that's something else that Tommy Lee Jones in that like transmission that Brad Pitt was seeing earlier. He was like, I feel God in his presence so close right now and... You know, I just can't wait to see what else we find. And again, like to see a faith-filled um, astronaut. <laughs> right. A scientist, even. <laughs> a scientist, man of science or whatever. Yeah. I thought it, that was unique. It, it's very unique. It's and sprinkled. I've, it's just sprinkled. I, I have know? seen a commentary and thoughts on that. And a lot of people were turned off by that. Really? Yeah, by the fact that people of science, people that study sciences, whether as an astronaut or anything else, are influenced by religion in that way. Whether it's Tommy Lee Jones' character, what he says, how he could feel God close to him, Mm. or how the astronaut, after the captain dies, is reading a verse um, as a way of carrying out this funeral. Mm -hmm. Um I saw some commentary that they they didn't quite like the religious aspects dealing so closely with science. Um, I really think that's just a personal like. I think it is personal. Um, I think that's a. Per- I feel like that's a personal bias. Yeah, I think so too. Just I, <laughs> I, there's too much I to get like, into. There. I know it's too much to get into, but at the same time, I think that that's. A mark of difference for this movie. So, and I feel like it's a positive one where that duality in a person, it, people, people don't are uncomfortable by that because they feel like there has to be an absolute there, but there isn't an absolute. You can still be 
exploring the universe and believing in in God and and having uh, a religion that you follow that might give right. you some more uh, might make you feel differently about what you're looking at. Exactly, and so, so. I appreciated that. Yeah, that yeah, that's difference. a good word. I appreciated it. I can understand it why it was definitely people, not dwelled upon at all. So that's why no. I'm like, well, it was so like tiny. Right. It wasn't I don't think it was them saying, you know, oh God did this or anything like that. I don't think no. they were trying to place that emphasis, but you know, to each person their own on how they feel about that. Mm-hmm. I just found it I, I appreciated that fact. Let's move into that final act. Uh <sighs> this is the entire crux of this movie. And yeah. it's getting there first is Brad Pitt has to sneak his sneak on to the ship. Yeah, but that's why going does he have to do this? Because of the failed psych evaluation. So he was grounded. But he was grounded. then the commander of the Mars outpost said that um, wanted to know what, what the hell was going on because everything was classified. Everything was behind closed doors. They literally said, you can't go beyond this point to her. And she was like, not happy about it. Um, but she said we were both victims of the Lima project. And that's when I was like, oh shit, what the hell went on on the Lima project vessel? <laughs> so um, that's when we're told that uh, there was a mutiny on the ship against his father, against Brad Pitt's father, Tommy Lee Jones. And Tommy Lee Jones proceeded to murder his entire staff of people. <laughs> You're like yeah, looking around like, oh my God. Straight up murder. Straight, straight up, up murder. he murdered them in cold blood. He said he shut off the life support systems in a part of the ship. And now he's going to continue with the, the project, um, with the research on his own. They couldn't finish. They wanted to go home. And that's because they were sending out transmissions into space trying to listen, I guess, for and find intelligent life out there. And they were coming up short. Nothing was materializing. And they were like, hey, let's go back home to Earth. And he was like, no. Oh, man. That is a wild sequence, like seeing it because they, because the transmission that she shows him, yeah, you can tell that like Tommy Lee Jones is batshit crazy. Hit the way he's like looking at the camera, he's lost his damn mind, lost his mind, and you could tell it's just like I don't even know if it's just like wow his sh- the shadows under his eyes were more pronounced and he looked more ghoulish, but. He just had this expression about him of total insanity, despite sounding very coherent. Yeah. So, it sounded calm, but there was calm nothing calm coherent, about but, it. But what he, the content of what he was saying was so scary. Yes. Yeah. So he's grounded, but the commander of the Mars output, outpost basically <laughs> gets him to the area where he can sneak onto the ship. Yes, to get to Neptune. An underground water reservoir, an underground lake on Mars. And I said, bullshit, but let's, <laughs> let's go with it. Let's go with this. Um, where he can go through the lake and end up underneath the launch pad. And that's exactly what happens. He's able to sneak on. This was the same crew that took him from the moon to Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, their mission from Mars to Neptune is to destroy whatever is happening at the Lima Project that is causing these surges. Mm-hmm. They are going there with a nuclear bomb <laughs> to destroy it. Yes. Whatever is going on. So Brad Pitt's character does sneak on to the ship. Mm-hmm. And in the chaos, like they're telling him... They're, Again, he's very calm. He's very he calm. Says, I and don't, what's his, he keeps saying, I'm... I am not... I'm not a hostile. threat. I'm not a threat. Yeah. I'm not hostile. Um, but he, they're getting orders. You can't do this without me. Yeah, right? but they're getting orders to, to basically kill him. Like, mm-hmm. or just subdue him. And they end up killing themselves. <laughs> <laughs> On accident. Trying to kill him. Yes. They end up killing themselves. And he does nothing like to actively kill actively no. kill them 
No, he does not. He one guy like actually comes up to him and he's in self defense, like just trying to hold the guy back. Yeah, and yeah. I think well, the guy stabs himself. The uh, the ship like accelerated quickly, and because they're in zero yep. gravity, they're all floating around. And the first girl, like she flies back because of the force of the acceleration. Her head hits like the door behind him, and yeah. it like splatters. Just, yep. like, dead on impact. Completely crushes her. And then the two guys that were left, um, one was actively fighting with him, I think with a knife. Like, the Asian dude was fighting yes. him with a knife. Yes. And um, the other guy, uh, who was the coward, the, who didn't want to go the on coward, the yes. Mayday ship, uh, he had a gun, which guns in space. Awful. Awful idea. Uh, they, they have to have special space guns, right? <laughs> Like they can't just uh, you would think so put a Glock on the ship anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he shoots, hits something he's not supposed to, and it ends up releasing uh, some sort of toxin. I think it was CO two into their breathing air, and they die instantly. They just it takes yeah. no time for them to like breathe it in, and just like boom, they're done. And Brad Pitt survives because he has his helmet on. He's still wearing all of his gear. Now, this trip from Mars to Neptune takes seventy something days, seventy nine days, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the effects of being alone in space Ooh, start to take sequence. hold of him. That sequence—it's a little montage of like what's going on with him, and you see him—he's asleep, and he has these uh, machines that are working out his muscles because mm-hmm. you know zero atrophy. gravity, yeah, atrophy. He has to plug in a tube to feed himself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one moment that really caught my eye, and it's I guess he's been out in space for so long, so alone that you it, you see the camera. It's it's deep it's in the corridor, yeah. and you see the opening where he can sit down, and he's just shaking his head like just like saying like a no, crazy person. No, no, yeah, yeah, exactly like a crazy person, while he's basically doing his internal monologue of mm-hmm. what is going on. It's such a great. It's depiction. powerful because he's also yeah. saying in his voiceover that the solitude and the the loneliness is getting to him and it's wearing on him. And he yeah. says it's so like deliberately and slowly. Yes. Oof. So finally, he reaches Neptune. He yeah. reaches the Lima Project. When he gets there, he goes to inside the Lima Project and he sees the bodies of those oh. astronauts that were killed. Hand over heart, that was... Ugh. Yeah. So I didn't like seeing that. He floats past them. Um, Oof. He, he gets inside. It looks like he shut off the life support. Yeah. So he, that they all just off. suffocated. Yeah, that's I think exactly they all just suffocated. Happened. There was only one person that looked like they put up a struggle or something and they had a bag over their head. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. And it looked like, I don't know if they decomposed in the bag or if they were just like bleeding at the time of death from their head. And so that's all blood in the bag. Yeah. It, it, it was, was just like you couldn't gnarly. see their face because it was just like obscured by whatever yeah. junk was in the bag. And they none of them were, were decomposed at all. There's no. nothing to decompose no, them up nothing. there. Yeah. Right. It was, it was really... Well done, but just like... I don't want to say scary. It no, was... just... Stirring. It yeah. was... Um, Harrowing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he makes his way. He plants the bomb. And then... Right in front of that that power yeah. thing that's powering the ship and that's it's also causing the, the electrical and surges. And that's where when... we get Tommy Lee Jones's voice. Mm-hmm. Because he's alive. This he's is the alive. first time... He's alive. That he has any... He's ever heard his like dad's voice in like 30 years. Yeah. And this is probably the most emotional moment. It's the most emotional scene in the entire movie. For sure. Uh, I think that it's probably the most powerful. Like I was at a certain point tearing up uh, when <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones just <laughs> Are you getting teared up? No, no, I'm okay. fine. I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones know. is basically confessing to Brad Pitt that, yeah, I left you and yeah. Yeah. I I didn't care for you. Yeah. 
Uh, it's he the, knew he said outright he knew that completing his mission would widow his mother and orphan him. He abandoned him and it didn't matter. Never cared for him. And he just says it so matter of factly, so easily. Um, and Brad Pitt is um, kind of down below, a few few decks below, and he's looking up at him. And just like this lone tear fall, falls down his face. And it's just devastating. It's just devastating. Um, and even just thinking back to it, I'm just like caught up in it. And he, his response is just, I know dad. Yeah. I know, I know dad. It, man. So, because Brad's, so his character, he can see that this is a man that was driven yeah. by calculations and his own internal logic. Yeah. And he, his he dad, felt that. His dad was so calculating and accomplished. Yes. And I think that Brad, I don't keep, we keep saying Brad, McBride, this, this character understood. Roy McBride. That, right. Roy understood that his dad had weighed all the options and still found the allure of the unknown more important and more appealing than his own family. He was just, just as soulless and compassionless as, the solar system that he studied. That is very well put the way you said it there. Uh, Brad or Roy McBride's able to convince his father to at least give up on the project. Come with me. Mm -hmm. Come back with me. Let's go back. When they are outside of the spaceship, that's when the dad turns oh, I on his... Go back, though. I want to oh, go okay. back, though. Go ahead. Because he says, um, he kind of floats up to... Yeah. His dad. Yeah, he floats from up. From below. Yeah, from below. And um, he says, I still love you. After all that After the dad all has that said, he to him, said to him. That I never directly. cared for you. And yeah. I knew that leaving you would orphan you. Mm -hmm. And he still. I still love you. I still love you. And the way that, the way that Brad delivers that line, you could see all the pain and still the understanding that. He loves his dad against all reason. That's his dad. And he might be a cold-blooded murderer and definitely a complete whack job at this point. But you can't deny the fact that that's his father. And he instilled in him some values that he still holds. And there's nothing that he can do to not make him his dad anymore. You know? Right. It, it's... It's such a well done scene. I it's a scene that I know I'll I'll think about often mm -hmm. because it was. I think so it lingers. Gripping. Yeah, it lingers. Yeah. Uh, it does lead to when they start to make their escape. Uh, yeah. Roy plants the bomb, sets it for a timer, and three hours. <laughs> three hours. But as they are trying to get everything done to get out, that's when the dad. Puts on his boosters to, like, t tear them away <laughs> from <laughs> the ship. Tethered. They're tethered. They're tethered together, together. And they're on the outside of the ship. Basically, yeah. they're one step away from just floating forever in yes. space. Right around Neptune. Um, and he freaking, like, launches himself and it takes Brad with him. It, yeah. It's so bizarre. Um, but... And that's Brad is has, so committed. He's so committed to bringing his dad back. He's not going to leave him no matter what he's done. He wants to bring him back. And like I was just waiting for something to happen, to be honest, because the whole time when he's getting his dad ready, his dad looks like a caged animal. Yeah. Like, you know, you ever seen like a cat pace in the zoo or something? And they have this look like, just let <laughs> just do something wrong. Just, yeah. just turn your back for a second and I'm going to get out of here. They had this, he was like a velociraptor freaking up in there because oh my God. <laughs> he had this look about him that he was like just sizing him up and watching him and waiting, waiting for the perfect time to get away. There's so much <laughs> that you can grab from this moment. Mm -hmm. um, like when he's trying to pull himself away and Brad is like fighting him, like, come on, yeah. we got to. We got to go. And he keeps saying, let go. 
And they're in like, they're spinning forever and ever. There yeah, is they're no, spinning. no drag that's going to make them slow down in space from just spinning together. So the fact that he still holds on, holds on to his dad and his dad is screaming, let me go, let me go, let me go. It just says so much about letting go of things that hold you back. Because his dad literally sabotages their escape and says, let me go multiple times and still he won't let go until the very last second. And that shot of Tommy Lee Jones floating out into space and getting smaller and smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. and seeing the rings of Neptune. Mm -hmm. Beautiful shot, but oof it, it's it's a haunting image of just seeing mm-hmm. someone just float away because he will just float yeah until he dies until he runs out of oxygen or whatever it's it, it was such a haunting image uh from there he, what i okay this yeah. is a little bit of like space 101 is that an <laughs> object in space will never stop it will just keep going until infinity and so since he has momentum, again, there's nothing to make him stop. He's just going to keep on floating forever and ever in space. That is a frightening thought. And he still chose that. He chose that. He chose that. Then going back. Then going back. What's crazy <laughs> is that he was, man, he was so dedicated that... Or he was so fixed on the idea of finding intelligent life. That something is out there for us. Mm -hmm. That he couldn't live with the fact that if I go back, either I'm a failure or if I go back, there's nothing there for me. Mm -hmm. He even says it like, we got to go home. There's nothing for me there. there. This is my home. He was talking about the Lima Project. This is my home. And... There's something very uh, heartbreaking in that. Mm-hmm. Someone who just cannot be convinced that either he's wrong. You're waiting for a train. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's been uh, um, inceptioned somehow. Yeah. Someone who cannot be convinced of the truth or yeah. cannot be convinced that he is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a heartbreaking thought. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, to wrap it up, the movie Brad Pitt has to get out of there. Yeah. The bomb. He used the bomb. He uses the <laughs> nuclear bomb to propel himself out of there. Yeah. Uh, found it strange. Although the visual when he's in the ship and the bomb explodes, the visual is amazing. Yeah. It looked like he was going into hyperspeed. Right. <laughs> um, he makes his I think way. I turned to you at that point. I said, but they set off a nuclear bomb right by Neptune. What the hell is going to happen to Neptune? Neptune. <laughs> yeah. So he makes his way back to Earth. Mm-hmm. And when he gets to Earth, he delivers another monologue. It, it mirrors, or actually it's more of the opposite side of the coin of his opening monologue. His opening voiceover and monologue. Yeah. Where everything was about the mission. Everything was about... I am focused on this. Yeah. I don't let anything distract me. To the exclusion of all else. Like, you know, he said something to that effect. Right. You know, I don't need anybody. Basically, he's independent. Doesn't need to rely on anybody else. He's a solo flyer. And this last monologue that he delivers is the 180 of that. Complete 180. Mm-hmm. And it shows that, number one... People can change. People can adapt. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that it took a horroring or just a, a terrible incident with his own father, um, either letting go or appreciating yeah, what he, he had. Yeah, he had to face that one little compartment that had his daddy issues in them. Yeah. And he had to face it in one of the most brutal, unforgiving environments that there is. Um and he just goes from needing nobody to appreciating everybody to being open to people, being open to his ex-wife, Liv Tyler. He declares that he will will live in love, share burdens with those closest to him as they will do the same. And he learns that it's not 
really what's out there. It's about what's in here. Yeah. Um, such, I, I really love this movie. I think <laughs> this movie is very thoughtful about studying a person mm-hmm. and what they go through yeah. in high intense situations, how their relationships affect themselves Mm-hmm. or what they're willing to try to block out in order yeah. to become their best self. And I say that in quotations, their yeah. best self. Um, Let's say their never... most efficient selves. Yeah, that's probably a better way of describing it. Their their most efficient self. But with that comes the drawback of never truly coming to grips with what is causing you to come compartmentalize different things Mm -hmm. and even to the point where you're not even touching certain things in your life Uh, i think this movie does an amazing job for from that so Mm -hmm. uh with that let's go ahead and hit these last couple of things uh we're gonna get into what is the best moment from this movie like what's the moment that you think just stands out for you uh i could give a couple as reference points there's the free fall uh, from the accident at the beginning, yep. there's the message to his father that's when he's mine. on Mars. That's yours? Yeah, that's mine. Um, mine is... Mine, that one but came then close. my second one is like him finally talking to his dad. Yeah, that's mine. That's my favorite moment. <laughs> yeah. Where he's actually talking to him and his dad tells him that, you know... I mean, I it could be never your, the worst you. moment. <laughs> The, yeah, I mean, on how you, look at you it. can make <laughs> you can make a case that it's the worst moment in anyone's life to have <laughs> your father tell you that he never cared for you. Yeah, and so, but I thought that was a great moment. Uh, how about the best quote? There was a lot of lines oh, in this man. movie. I wish that we could have paused the movie and then wrote down everything that he was saying because, because there's some beautifully delivered really lines, really gorgeous lines in here. These were the only ones that we could remember because there were so many verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the one that I said before was we are world eaters, just hella deep. Yes. Um, I love this one. He could only see what was not there and missed what was right in front of him. Great line. Another one that's there is I spent my whole life trying to be you and now I know that I'm nothing like you. I don't want to be. The more distant I become, the closer I get to you being dragged into the same dark hole as you. Yeah, and all of that. And that's the tip of the iceberg. There's yeah, so there's many. so many. Yeah. Uh, out of all of those, I think the one that really is just speaks to what the movie's about is he could only see what yeah. was not yep. there and missed what was right in front of him. For sure. That's that, mine. It's great. Because he says it in a voiceover and he's literally standing right next to his dad. Yeah. Who's looking right at him. <laughs> like It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Uh, So is there anything from this movie that you could see possibly as part of being the best of 2019? Brad's performance, that moment between the father and son, uh, his Mm -hmm. final monologue, anything? I think all of those are are really standouts to me. Yeah, Um, they are. That's what uh, that's what I remember. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so when These I think moments. of the movie, yeah. So we saw the movie Friday. Yeah, yeah. Since Friday, that moment where he talks to his dad has come up many times just thinking about the movie. Mm-hmm. And also that message where he's on Mars, you know, pleading mm-hmm. like, I just want to see you again. Yeah. Uh, those it's so two sad. moments. Ugh. Yes, those two moments. And uh, then what the culmination was. Oh, God. Yes. So sad. It, it really is. Uh, let's go into top 10. Top 10. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Now, I started this a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're going to did the movie enter my personal top 10 for the year. Huh. And boy, did it. It did. <laughs> uh, what number is it at? It's actually jumped everything. It's currently sitting at number one. Currently, no way! Currently, currently sitting at number one. Uh, Holy I crap. don't suspect that it'll end there because there's still a couple of months left and yeah. there's some things coming down, but For sure. uh, it just leapfrogged <gasps> over The Farewell and Booksmart 
to become my wow. current number one movie so far this year. Wow. Beautifully yeah. done. It's beautifully so beautiful. Um, we did get a question from Colby told me at Colby told me on Twitter. Um, he's a friend of ours and he asked us what our top five space movies were. Now, when I first heard the question, <laughs> I, I thought that you it was a, just a very specific definition. Yeah. So I thought it was just space movies, nothing involving fantasy like Star Wars, Star Trek, none of that, just like space movies. So I had one list there, but then, then I delivered my list Yeah, and I kind of argued for having a nice balance. Right. Because they're all set in space, absolutely. Yes. But they are technically different genres. They are different genres all throughout. And yeah. so with that, if you want to go first, what is okay. your list? So caveat, I have never seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. Neither and have with I. That, my number one movie is Alien. Number two, Apollo 13. Number three, Rogue One. <laughs> number four, Gravity. And number five, Ad Astra. Ah, so it makes your top five. So it does, space. It does definitely. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I had to think about it a little while. It just misses it. Just okay. misses my top yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. Also, I limited myself to one from the franchises because if not, you know, I could have filled up my top five with. Exactly. You know, That's why I only have one Star Wars movie. And I think this right. one is one of the most powerful ones i see and i like that it stands alone i i i get you yeah uh for me uh these are not in any particular order these are the five though that mm -hmm. stood out to me when i was thinking about the about it again i've never seen space <laughs> odyssey and i haven't seen apollo 13 <gasps> yeah i know Houston, we have a problem <laughs> oh god perfect timing on that so the five movies that kind of stood out to me were interstellar Yep. Uh, by Christopher Nolan, yeah. uh, Star Trek, the 2009 version, uh, the new cast, I thought okay. was yeah. well done. Sure, uh, sure. First Man. I know that you are not uh, a fan of that movie. I thought no, that I... movie is beautiful. <laughs> it's There's a lot I could say. Oh, and It's okay. If it's you want okay. to hear our thoughts. I think it's very... If you want to hear our thoughts, you can actually yeah. go back and listen to that episode yeah. uh, that talks about First Man. So I have to correct myself, though, because in the episode I was saying, oh, it's so silent. There's no soundtrack. There's, on, there's no soundtrack. And there absolutely is a soundtrack. And I actually think it's one of the better soundtracks that I've heard ever. Yes. Um, so, you know, yeah, kind of eating my words a little bit on that part. But it's a, it's a great pretty soundtrack. much everything else I still agree with myself <laughs> right. from back then. So, yeah, definitely check that episode out. First uh, man. Gravity. Mm -hmm. I think Gravity just looks beautiful and is an amazing tale Stunning. of terror in yeah, space. Yeah, terror. Yeah. And finally, I went with a Star Wars movie. I went with Empire Strikes Back. It's kind of hard to pick <laughs> against that since I think that is the best Star Wars movie. Hmm. I was tempted to go with The Last Jedi, but um, at the end of the day, I couldn't. I couldn't. No, I had to go man. with Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So those are our five favorite space movies. Why do you like Interstellar so much, by the way? So this movie kind this of. This movie is a little bit of a mindfuck to <laughs> me. And that's why I don't like watching it necessarily over and over again. I've seen it a couple of times. Uh, okay. Right. And I. I love the dynamic between the the father and daughter, between McConaughey and okay. Jessica Chastain. Um, I do like the concepts that they throw out there of like time being different in you know, depending on where they are and how time moves. Um, and also at the at the end, like there's an entire sequence where it's they're trying to dock the the spaceship but they have <laughs> to match the the speed of which the actual station is moving and i found that to be an amazing amazing action sequence um so there's a lot of bit parts and that is a phenomenal uh score by hans zimmer uh it is fantastic hans, hans. <laughs> yes fantastic yeah. all right so that's why i like interstellar okay so uh 
any final thoughts on this movie? No, let's go. Let's encourage everyone to go and visit Ad Astra at a theater near you. Yes. Um, Watch it on the biggest. To the stars. Yes. Watch it on the biggest format you can. We watched it in Dolby and I thought it was a great experience. Yeah. It was actually a very good experience. Watching the soundtrack is really nice. Uh, I don't think is as powerful as some of the other ones we've heard. No, no, it's not overpowering at all. No, but it's a nice compliment to the character. Yeah, it's understated. It's it's calm. It's, it's calm and it's deliberate. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, watch the movie. We highly recommend it. Uh, let us know what you think. You could. F- you know, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Always Critic Pod. Check out our the rest of our website. We have reviews up. Uh, Jessica yep. reviewed some movies. She reviewed Hustler. She reviewed <laughs> Britney Runs Marathon. Read those. Check those out. Let us know your thoughts on those movies. Well, that has been <laughs> our show. I am Rico. I'm Jessica, and this has been the Always the Critic podcast. Bye.